This is Project Keto, a podcast that teaches the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eat in keto long-term. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt, and today's topic is intermittent fasting. Today, you'll learn what intermittent fasting is, why you would do it, and we'll troubleshoot some problems that you might come across or maybe you've already experienced with intermittent fasting in the past. We'll also be touching on a little bit more diet variation for those of you who are already experienced at intermittent fasting. So what does intermittent fasting mean? It's very simple. It just means that you don't eat during a certain window of time during a day and you do eat during the other window of time during that day. So you have 24 hours in the day, you're not eating during part of it, you are eating during the other part. It's that simple. Most people fast overnight and then they choose to extend their overnight fast into the morning. So most people who do intermittent fasting will skip breakfast and eat lunch and dinner. But it doesn't have to be like that. I actually prefer to skip dinner or finish eating earlier in the day and then fast overnight and have a meal a little bit earlier in the morning. Um, that works really well for my body and my um, just my personality and my life, but it really can be any window of time that you like. Now, if you're just starting out with intermittent fasting, the first step is to do a 12-hour fast overnight. And some people already do this naturally without really realizing it. So that would just mean that after you finish your last bite of food at nighttime, you wait at least 12 hours until you have anything that would have calories in it in the morning. So you wouldn't have something like coffee with cream within those 12 hours or um, orange juice, anything like that. The only thing that you consume during your fasting time would be water or possibly tea or black coffee, depending on you. Now, if you're already doing a 12-hour fast overnight naturally, then you can begin to extend the fast a little bit longer. So inch it up to 13 hours, 14 hours, 15, 16, however many hours you can go comfortably. The key is to do it comfortably. So intermittent fasting is not meant to be something forceful or intense or uncomfortable or anything that feels extreme. Once it feels extreme or it feels like you're forcing your body, then you know that you're actually stressing your system. And from a couple of episodes ago, you learned that stress is one of the best ways to get out of ketosis and to stop burning fat. So you can't force any sort of fasting or force any sort of diet changes that causes you to feel stressed or anxious or horrible. If you're experiencing that, then you know that you're not ready yet or you're fasting for too long. But most people are able to slowly inch their 12-hour fast up to 13 or possibly 14 hours pretty comfortably and easily. There are many reasons why you would do intermittent fasting, but we'll focus on three for today. The first reason is for autophagy. Autophagy 
means self-devouring. That's what it translates into. And when I'm talking about self-devouring, I mean that autophagy is the death of damaged cells or damaged components of the cell. So when you have autophagy, cells that are sick and unhealthy actually die and you make space and energy to create new healthy cells. So it's a positive thing. It's something that your body really needs. And you can get into autophagy by doing fasting, whether it's intermittent fasting or if you're just simply removing snacks in between meals or if you're into long fasts, like 24-hour fasts, or two or three or four or five-day fasts, or even longer than that, all of that assists your body with autophagy. And when you're able to do autophagy, you experience much better health in all areas. Any kinds of health problems can be improved with autophagy. Another reason to do intermittent fasting is for liver detox. If you're constantly eating and having food or calories going through your digestion and your system, then your liver has a really hard time keeping up and your liver is constantly working. Your gallbladder is also constantly working and everything is just having effort all the time. So if you can give yourself at least 12 hours overnight for a break, Your liver will work a lot better when it really needs to. And if you can extend those 12 hours a little bit longer, you get even more benefit from that. And in this day and age, with all of the chemicals and the toxins in our environment and all of the pesticides in our food and even in the air and then in the water now and all of the medications that people are taking, it's critical to maximize your liver and you easily bump up your liver's ability to perform just by doing a little bit of intermittent fasting. You don't have to do extreme detoxification if your body's not ready for it. Our third reason for doing intermittent fasting would be to increase ketones. If you have a keto mojo or a different device to measure your ketones, then you will see your ketones rise once you've gotten into the practice of intermittent fasting. And that's what this show is all about, all about ketosis. Now remember, it's very difficult to know if you're in ketosis unless you measure your ketones by blood or possibly by breath. Blood is a lot more accessible to measure than breath. And I highly recommend using the Keto Mojo. If you don't have one, you can get 15% off Keto Mojo kits through my link on the show notes. So just head on over to the show notes at projectketopodcast.com Click on the link for Keto Mojo and just get yourself set up. You're going to be so happy to be able to see if what you're doing is working for you or not. Now let's talk about troubleshooting with fasting. We talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but I have to just hammer it in because so many people ignore this fact. You have to feel good when you're fasting. As soon as you get to the point where you're crashing or you're dysfunctional, it's not working anymore and you're under too much stress and you can easily get out of ketosis and your hormones can get out of whack and you can start feeling terrible. Now this is a tricky topic because 
a lot of people, this is what happened to me, a lot of people will start doing intermittent fasting and they feel amazing. And they might even be able to go 16, 17, 18, maybe even 20 hours of fasting and feel really good. And then after a couple of weeks, it stops working and you stop feeling good. So let's say you've been doing this for six weeks straight and then something is kind of changing and all of a sudden you have anxiety or you're really grumpy or you're getting food cravings or you're getting kind of squishy and puffy all over and your body is actually changing or you're measuring your ketones and they're dropping and you're not in ketosis at all or you're very, very low or you can't sleep anymore or maybe even your hair is falling out. I had all of those things happen to me after a couple of months of doing pretty extreme intermittent fasting. And then what happened with me is that I just kept thinking that I should do more. I should cut my carbs lower. I should fast longer. I should exercise harder. I should do all of these things harder and more and better and deeper. And then my health kept going down. All of those bad symptoms kept getting worse. And I lost my period for about two years. My hair was falling out. A a lot of problems were happening. I was having extreme anxiety, really, really bad. And then once I started to ease up on the intermittent fasting, everything started to improve. I also had to increase my carbs for a while and start to do some carb cycling and add carbs in once a week, add carbs in around my periods, add carbs in anytime I was feeling a lot of stress and anxiety. And then all of that improved. Carbs, that's a topic for a different day. Today, let's just really focus on the fasting though. So if you are a person who's been doing this intermittent fasting for a while and you're noticing that your health is actually declining or something just isn't right, and if you're tempted to fast longer, try doing the opposite. Just try for a couple of days to cut your fast to about 12 or only 13 hours and have a little bit more meals, like three meals or maybe a a few more snacks that day. Do some of these things that would seem the opposite of keto, even for a week. And if your symptoms improve or if your anxiety drops, great. Then you know that that was the answer for you. And then that actually is a positive thing. It means that your body has changed from where you started. You're not the same person anymore. You don't have the same chemistry. You don't have the same body. It means that your body is asking for more variation. So that means that you might do long intermittent fasts some days, short fasts other days, 24-hour fasts some days, carb days some days, the more variety that you can get while feeling good, the better. So remember, we're never going to have a goal of having one perfect diet every day for the rest of our lives. That's just not going to work and your body isn't asking for that. Your body is asking to become very flexible and able to do many different things. But when you're first starting out, if you've never done anything like this, then you do need to do something more regimented at first and get on to more of the intermittent fasting plan a little bit strict for at least 
a month or maybe six weeks, something like that. For some people, they do really well with a lot of intermittent fasting for three months. But as soon as you begin to see your symptoms declining and your health going down, then you know it's time to vary it up or ease up on the fasting for a while or add in some carbs. Another answer for trouble with fasting would be to have a little bit of fat or possibly a little bit of collagen protein during your fasting window. It's always a good idea to go 12 hours overnight without eating. That's pretty gentle and pretty reasonable to ask of yourself. But if you struggle with going longer than 12 hours, then you would be a good candidate for having something like a fatty coffee or a bulletproof coffee or some tea with fat in it or anything else that would be mostly fat in the morning. And then that might tide you over all the way until lunch or just a couple of hours later where you'll have your first real meal. My favorite fatty coffee to have in the morning is not actually bulletproof coffee. I tried doing bulletproof coffee for a while and for me it just didn't work that well. I ended up gaining a lot of weight and it just wasn't ideal for me. And I've heard from a lot of women that the classic bulletproof recipe and bulletproof lifestyle isn't ideal for them. For some people, it works wonderful. For a lot of men, it works really well. But if you're one of those people that finds it's just not for you, then try some different recipes for a coffee or a tea with fat in it. Here's what I like to do. I brew a cup of Four Sigmatic brand coffee in my French press. Four Sigmatic is a brand that makes coffee without any mold in it. It's very important to be drinking coffee without mold toxins or mycotoxins. And then they also have some special mushrooms in the coffee that give your body many, many health benefits and specifically some health benefits that counteract some of the negative effects of coffee. So when I use Four Sigmatic coffee, I have less acid reflux and stomach pain, and I feel a lot less jittery. But if you have a different favorite coffee, you can make this recipe with that. I just like Four Sigmatic. So I brew one cup cup of Four Sigmatic in my French press, and then I use the brand Nut Pods Coffee Creamer. It's a combination of some coconut milk and almond milk, and it's unsweetened. I love the plain flavor, but they also have vanilla and hazelnut, which taste great to most people. So I use about three or four tablespoons of Nut Pods Creamer, and then I like to use the perfect keto brand of powdered MCT oil. So it's just a powder, and I put about a half a scoop, sometimes a little bit more than that, depending on how hungry I am, into the coffee. And then a couple of drops of New Naturals Stevia. I like the New Naturals brand because it doesn't include 
GMOs. It doesn't include sugars or artificial sweeteners, which are in most brands of Stevia, believe it or not. I think that's kind of crazy, but it's in there. And it has a pretty great taste. Most Stevia has a pretty intense bitter aftertaste. New Naturals is the best tasting that I've ever found, and it's the most popular with all of the clients that I've worked with. So I'll just repeat that recipe one more time. I use one cup of brewed Four Sigmatic coffee with about three tablespoons of Nut Pods coffee creamer, about a half a scoop of powdered MCT oil from Perfect Keto brand, and some drops of New Naturals Liquid Stevia. Now that feels very filling to me and definitely can tide me over all the way till lunch or even to a very late lunch, like a 2 or 2.30 or 3 o'clock lunch. If I'm feeling like I've been having higher stress, higher anxiety, I'm not sleeping well, or I'm excessively hungry, then I'll also add a tablespoon or two of grass-fed collagen. I like to use the Great Lakes Collagen brand, but Vital Proteins is another wonderful brand that you could find. Most women need to have a little bit of protein from something like collagen within their fasting window if they're doing a long intermittent fast. Now when you give yourself a little bit of fat and a tiny amount of protein while intermittent fasting, you can still mimic a lot of the benefits of fasting. You might not necessarily get all of the benefits of autophagy and a lot of benefit of liver detox. You get some, but not quite as much as just a simple water fast. But you're still gonna be able to boost your ketones up when you have just a bit of fat or just a little bit of protein in your fasting window. Now these are all things that are bio-individual. So that means that everybody's body handles this differently and your body will also handle it differently at different phases of your life and different stages of your health. So measuring your ketones and measuring your blood sugar is one of the most important things that you can do to be able to tell if what you're doing is working for you or if it's still working for you after months or years of doing it. If you see that whatever you do, your ketones stay up above 0.5, those are your blood ketones, and your blood sugar stays within 70 and 90, then you know that it's working for you. But if you're seeing your blood sugar spiking above 90 or dropping below 70 on a regular basis and your ketones are below 0.5, then you know that whatever you're doing isn't working for you and you can start to pinpoint it. Whether it's your fasting, whether it's your amounts of proteins or fats or carbs, whether it's the stress in your life, whether it's the toxin overload in your life, or whether it is something else. You've got some chronic health conditions that you need to address. Remember that keto isn't something that just fixes your health in one snap. Keto is a wonderful supportive tool to assist your body to perform better in all areas. So if you're still having a lot of digestive problems or autoimmune conditions, or you're dealing with diabetes, or you're loading up your body or your home with chemicals or your food with chemicals, then keto isn't really going to give you what you're probably looking for. It just doesn't work that way. 
To fix your health, you have to address many, many, many different situations. Now, one more point I'd like to bring up about troubleshooting difficulties with intermittent fasting would be the use of exogenous ketones. We've talked about this a lot in previous episodes. And remember that exogenous ketones are not something that you have to use to be successful at keto. For example, I just measured my ketones right before this recording and my ketones are at 2.4 right now, which is really great. I haven't had any exogenous ketones today at all and I'm able to get my ketones up to that point by doing some different things like fasting, eating well. I exercised this morning. I've had fairly low stress today, so my ketones are up pretty high. Now, some people cannot get their ketones up above 0.5 without some supplementation until they've been practicing keto for a long time. For me, there's no way I could have gotten my ketones to 2.4 like a year ago without taking exogenous ketones. So for the last couple of months, I've been using exogenous ketones on a fairly regular basis. Most days I have had them and now I am able to get deeper into ketosis without taking ketones. So if this is all confusing for you, I'm just going to say it in a simple way. If you can't get into ketosis very well naturally yourself in your own body without supplementation, that's okay. You can continue to just work at it and continue to eat right, fast right, sleep right, do everything right when it comes to your food and lifestyle, and eventually you'll get there. If you address your stress, if you address all of these other kinds of issues, it can take a couple of months or a couple of years, but you can definitely get to a place of deep ketosis on your own. But if you want to get there quicker and a little bit easier and you want to assist your body in getting into ketosis, then why not take some ketones? You can just really experience some relief and some benefit that way. And by taking exogenous ketones, you can encourage your body to start to make its own ketones a little bit sooner. So I'm a person who did that and now I'm able to take way fewer ketones and I'm able to get into ketosis just by eating low carb and by exercising right and by intermittent fasting and doing some 24-hour fasts every once in a while. Ketones can help a lot when you struggle with fasting. So if you are a person who tries to go longer than 12 hours overnight and it's really hard for you, and eating a little bit of fat in your coffee or in your tea in the morning isn't helping, then try taking a quarter scoop or maybe a half a scoop of some exogenous ketones in your fasting window, and you might instantly feel better. Oftentimes when you take ketones, you'll feel way less cravings, uh, you'll feel higher energy, you'll feel much clearer thinking and focus and memory, and you'll feel more strength and ability to exercise well. 
sometimes it can even help you sleep deeper if you're taking ketones because it's taking your body out of so much stress or out of a blood sugar roller coaster. I tell people to take a quarter scoop or possibly a half a scoop because if you take too much, you can easily get diarrhea or gas or bloating and it's just a sign that that dose was too high for you. So you should start slow. And then work yourself up to as high of a dose as you can take without any sort of digestive problems. For me, a really good dosage would be a quarter scoop two to three times a day. And then I don't have any kind of diarrhea or gas issues that way. My favorite brands of ketones are either Nutridyne, they have really great exogenous ketone salts, and Perfect Keto. The Nutridyne ones are easier for people to digest and you have less trouble with the diarrhea. And the Perfect Keto ones have a lot more options of flavors. And I love both. I alternate between them. Um, and I just think it's good to have variety. I'll be linking to both of those brands in my show notes so that you can just easily find them for yourself. But remember, you don't have to take ketones to be successful at this. It's just for people who want a little bit of an extra boost and they want some help. So that's all for today. Remember that if this is brand new for you, just begin by doing a simple 12-hour fast overnight and see if you already start to notice an improvement in your health. Stay in touch. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook by searching Project Keto Podcast. And I wanted to remember before we end today to give a little bit of a shout out to all of our international listeners. We have some listeners in some really cool countries. We've got some Australian listeners, some Indian listeners, Canadian listeners, and some um, European listeners. And of course, we've got most of our listeners right here in the U.S. where I am based. So thank you for listening. Um, Keep sharing the show with your friends and your family and anybody who you think could benefit from this. I would love for you to rate and review the podcast wherever you currently listen, especially in Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show become more successful and gain more listeners. And if the show stays successful, then I can continue to put out awesome free content for you. But for now, that's all. I'll catch you in a couple days on the next episode.